Welcome back to Season 2 of Conversations with Coley Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Miller, the author of the book series A Through Z Guide to Raising a Good Human, a book series that I wrote to start the communication process between parents and children, starting from birth and why conversation is important. This year, I want to invite you to join me and my guests as we talk about all the subjects and topics that we hear about in everyday life, like human trafficking, grief, relationships, near-death experiences, and all the insights that we can learn from these subjects and topics, and how to look at things from both sides of the spectrum without using bias. Join me and my guests this season as we heat up the summer and the airwaves with our hot topics and we start opening the doors and shaking out the rugs that we have been carrying with us through generations to truly be the change. Welcome back to another episode of Conversations with Coley. Today, I am having a panel discussion with some authors and an illustrator about mental health and travel and all the things that they've learned along the way. Today, I'm joined by Karina Beresford, Ryan Crane, Mike Nixon, and Kayla McArthur. Sorry for screwing that up. What a difference a year makes, y'all. I interviewed Ryan, Mike, and Karina. Kayla is new to Coley's Conversations with Coley. So we're going to start with some intro questions. Who are you? Where are you now? And what drew you to travel? Who wants to go first? Me. Karina does. Okay. (laughs) And that little voice is her son, Ollie. (laughs) Good year. Um, so my name is Karina Beresford. Um, I'm currently in Boulder, Colorado. Um, how much about me do you want to know? Like, who are me? Who am I? Is it just my name? Who are you? What do you do? Like, where can people find you kind of thing? Like, what are you doing right now with your life? Okay. Um, so my name is Karina. Um, I do a little bit of everything. I have my hands in many pockets, but mainly I do TikTok. I do a lot of illustrating for book covers, uh, graphic design, uh, video editing, promotional stuff, all that kind of jazz there. Um, currently in Boulder, Colorado, working our way up to uh, Skagway, Alaska. And what drew me to travel? I think it was, I've always wanted to travel. I just enjoy, you know, experiencing new things. But what really got me to do it recently was like having my kid and wanting to show him everything. Cause like growing up, we didn't travel that much, but I want him to be the most like traveled little kid that you've ever met. So I like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> who wants to follow Karina? I can go next. Sure. So my name is Ryan Crane. I am a writer and author living in sunny Sayli to Mexico. And what drew me to traveling was just seeing the similarities between people all around the world and just how alike we really are. And that's just kind of what drew me to that lifestyle and why I continue to live abroad. Just the similarities trump the differences to me. I like it. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. 
My name is Mike Nixon, and I'm also an author of Life Travel and the People in Between. Currently, I'm in Virginia on the Eastern Shore. Um, what drew me to travel is, um, since a little kid, it's something that I always wanted to do. And what keeps me traveling is the novelty of it. Like each place, it brings something new and unique, and there's nothing like it. So I'm going to keep doing it. I like it. Kayla? Hi, my name is Kayla, and I am the co-author of Gravel Roads, and I'm also a transformational life coach for stressed out entrepreneurs. Um, what drew me to traveling was just the aliveness that I feel when I'm exploring a new place or discovering a different culture and really just being able to sink into um, the differences in the way that we live. So that's yeah. me. I like that. I like that. So we have to do our icebreaker question because it is tradition. Describe an oh shit moment in your travels. <laughs> Who wants to grab it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here. <laughs> I had a lot of those. I'll go first again. Okay, I like it. Um, my like we're talking like a bad kind of oh shit like yeah? an oh shit like oh shit <laughs> um i'm gonna go back to last year when i first started traveling in this van i had kind of a crazy experience that we're not going to get into right now in washington and i was driving back to colorado to see my friend because i needed some comfort and about two miles down from the house the van stopped accelerating and I just had this like ouchie and my um in my heart I just kind of knew something was wrong and then all of a sudden she shut off and that was the moment that my engine died and I was kind of screwed on traveling um that was probably the worst experience having to replace an entire engine in a van uh that was my oh shit yes thank you <laughs> and I remember that because mm -hmm. Delanaga helped you, didn't they? A lot of friends from TikTok and all that helped you repair the van. Yeah. Because yeah. at that moment you didn't have you didn't have a means to repair an engine. Yep. Wow. So a company was funded in 24 hours to completely replace wow. it. Oh nice. Yeah. It. it was Who really wants, awesome. Yeah. Who wants to share next? I'll go next. So my one and only oh shit moment happened in Montevideo, Uruguay, where the night before I was being befriended by uh, uh, someone in a hostel offering me free food, free drinks, just being nice to me. The next morning I wake up, I go to my locker, I check my backpack, my phone is missing and my cash is missing. And I go, oh shit, I got robbed. <sighs> <laughs> and I immediately knew it was the guy from the, the night before who was just being overly friendly. It just immediately it clicked. I was like, that's why. That's why he, he was being so nice. And turns out he had actually robbed three total people that night, me and two others. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to trace this back to episode one of Conversations with Coley with Karina. Don't trust people that are overly nice. <laughs> holy crap oh my gosh but that's wow. it that's my only like moment of traveling where i've actually been confronted with something like that 
Wow. Well, I'm glad that you're safe yes. and that you were able to make it out. I think if somebody stole my money, I'd be stuck living there and that would be my new home. Yes. <laughs> Who wants to share next? Well, I guess we'll keep the same order. I remember sure. reading about that in the book. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've had like a couple of oh shit moments. But one of the craziest is I studied in the Dominican Republic in 2007, and it was a wonderful experience. So I just kept going back um, like several years after that study abroad experience. But one of those years, I went back to visit like my host brother, who he was getting married at the time, and he wanted me to bring the ring from the States because he ordered it from the States. Um, and I took it to him. And, uh, so we go to his friends or families. I don't know, remember whose home it was, but we go to this house and he proposes. And it's a really nice night right so on our way home like i don't know if anybody's ever been to the dominican republic or a country that experiences like citywide power outages but we're on on our way home and we're driving through this neighborhood and we just see these tires like they're stacked really high and burning and we're like what the like hell is going on and like the this, 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 uh, lights are out it's black just tires burning and all of a sudden like three guys run from behind these bob or run from behind the tires with Molotov cocktails. And like one of the guys just launches one and it hits the hood of the car. And I'm just like, oh shit. So I don't know what to do. And I'm thinking I need to get out this car and run. And my host brother, he's like, no, stay in the car, stay in the car. So he like backs up and he's going as fast as he can. And all of a sudden his truck pulls, like it pulls up like right behind us. And I'm like, oh my God, we're gonna die. And the truck is blowing like, go, what are you doing? And these guys are running toward us. And we're like, no, you go, you go. My brother, he's blowing the horn. So eventually the guy, he goes back. And we start going back and we get away from the guys. But yeah, that was crazy. That's a wow. true, oh shit moment. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Kayla, can you follow that? <laughs> um, yeah, I... I was the the one that came to me immediately. I'm sure there's been more, but the one that came to me immediately was in Mexico City when Ryan and I uh, went to this little restaurant and I ordered oysters, a dozen oysters, because I was like, "Wow, they're so cheap here! Like, let's let's get some of these oysters." I think I ate twelve. He ate, or no, sorry, I ate eleven. He ate one. And then I became horrendously sick the next day. Thought I was gonna die. Like almost passed out just ryan had to take care of me it was really scary um i learned my lesson that day do not eat oysters in a landlocked city <laughs> so i would not have known that, that again yes oh my gosh that's so crazy so we're gonna start with you kayla just to kind of mix up the order name all the places you have traveled Oh, gosh. Um, well, my list is actually pretty short. Bali, uh, Paris, France. I went to the coast of Croatia, Havar, Split, and Dubrovnik. Um, I've been all over Mexico. Uh, I've also been all over the United States, been to Canada. And I think that's about it. Um, so I've covered a lot of places widely, deeply, but not as many. Um, Nice. Who wants to go next? I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Is it long? <laughs> it's not really long. I, 
I'll try. Um, okay. Because I was going to say, if it's easier to go where you haven't been, that's a thing too. <laughs> I think that's a good question for Ryan, like where you haven't been. <laughs> um, but uh, my list is the Dominican Republic, uh, Paraguay, Brazil, Uruguay, Japan, uh, Mexico, um, Laos, Cambodia, um, Vietnam, Thailand, Brunei, Indonesia, Malaysia, Australia, the Philippines, um, Colombia, Costa Rica, um, and that's all I can think of off the top of my head. It's a it's it's a list of like thirty something countries. Wow! Wow! Next, Karina, you want to go? Okay, not that not that big, but. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been to Bali and France, uh, Paris specifically, as well as Amsterdam, uh, about 30 of the states in the U.S., soon to be more, um, Nicaragua and Canada. And I think that is all I've done. <laughs> Ryan? So I have been to 52 countries. <laughs> I have been to six of the seven continents. The only one I am missing is Antarctica. And I've been to five of the seven wonders of the world. So way too long of a list to name it all. But yeah, I've seen been very fortunate to have seen a very wide swath of this planet. That's amazing. And can I ask in what is the time span? So for you, because you've been the yeah. most. You know, my first trip abroad was at 30, and I've been based in Mexico since about, I was 35 years old. So I did all of that within a five-year time span because I was just hooked. I just couldn't stop. Wow. How about the rest of y'all? For um, me, uh, go ahead. First place, like, out of the country, like Canada, because a lot of my family's there, but that doesn't really... I'm not going to count that that much, but like my big travels only started last spring. So I've been doing everything for about a year and a half. Now. Wow. Wow. Mike. It's pretty impressive. That is. So um, my travel experience um, internationally, at least it began in 2007. Um, so I've been traveling ever since then. Nice. Nice. Kayla. Thank Mine's been over the course of a decade, a decade plus. Okay. So you can fit a lot in in a small amount of time, right? Because a lot of people will say, I can't travel because I don't have time. But you can do 52 countries in five years. So let's talk about how you begin to wrap your mind around affording to travel who wants to take that one I'll, I'll, go. I'll start with that one so for me and what led to me being interested like in travel is like i started in the states um, i haven't been to as many states as karina has but you know for me it was like my dad he was in the navy i was born in missouri so it was you know leaving missouri to go to virginia and growing up in virginia like that's how like travel started for me, but um, the what the first time I studied, the first time I traveled was studying abroad. So I basically went through a university, and 
Um, the study abroad program, it was, I want to say between four to $5,000. And if I'm not mistaken, it was cheaper like to go to the Dominican Republic and study like 12 credits worth of um, courses like in a foreign country as opposed to at my own university. Um, so I just took out a loan um, as I did with the rest of like most of my you know, college uh, classes, um, but took out a loan and ended up traveling. Um, and since then, like I just started looking for opportunities to travel like after um, the Dominican Republic, I worked and then um, I would I returned to the Dominican Republic. And as far as like Paraguay and South America, that was through the Peace, that was through the Peace Corps. Um, I went to Paraguay, I was there for two years. And when you're in another country, it's not as expensive to travel. Like I, when I was in Paraguay, I was only like 80 kilometers from Brazil. So I could go to, I could be in Brazil in an hour and a half. Um, and that was just a $10 bus ride. Mm. Um, and when I went to Uruguay from Paraguay, a round trip, that was like, that was less than 200 bucks. It was like so cheap. So when you're in other countries, it's just cheaper to travel around because the countries are closer together as opposed to traveling from the United States and going somewhere like Thailand or um, France. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I, th I think for me, it was a perspective shift going from, hey, I've got this one week or two week vacation per year. I'm locked into a specific date specific time period, specific location. And so I didn't have a lot of flexibility. And when you're when you're locked into those very specific dates and times and locations, you're, you're not going to get great deals. Um, and then a lot of I used to look at vacations as like, hey, this once or twice a year thing, I'm going to go all out. I'm going to get the nicest this, the nicest hotel, eat out every meal. You know, I was looking at travel and vacationing as a luxury, like go all out because that's what people do. And then I slowly shifted my perspective and realized, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. We can stay in hostels. We can cook our own food. We can travel in the off season. We can go to um, a destination that not a lot of people go to that you can find better flight deals for. So once I started shifting my perspective around that, I was able to travel longer fur and further on less money because I was spending less overall. Mm -hmm. Ladies? Um, I, have, I have something. I think for me, I haven't done a lot of traveling, a lot of quick travel. I love slow traveling. And so for people who look at that kind of lifestyle and wonder how are they affording this? Well, for mm -hmm. one, it's helped to have a location independent job. So I started my own business and that allows me to travel. But for two, you know, it's the same budget. You have the same budget that you would have if you were rooted in one place in your own country. You just make that budget now your budget for where you're going to be abroad. Um, so you can find places that cost the same amount to rent each month. Um, you can create a food budget within the same amount that you would be spending wherever you are. Um, so there's, when you look at it that way, it's not like, oh, how are they affording this, this travel? It's, oh, it's actually just, okay, if I release 
my apartment or my home where I am and I maybe put some of my stuff in storage or I bring it to a family member's home, then I'm free to go and use that same budget wherever I am in the world. And then, you know, like Ryan was saying, you can go to places that are less expensive um, where your dollar will go farther. And in those cases, you might even be spending less on what you spend um, where you are living mm -hmm. or where you're from. Mm -hmm. And that's a good segue for Karina because you live in your van six months out of the year. Do and learning how to budget was definitely a learning experience because uh, for the first few months that I was doing this, I did not realize quite how expensive, especially stuff like gas, would be. Because for like me, I am, you know, living in my travel department at least in the U.S. And the gas is expensive to get from one place to another and all that kind of stuff. So like when I first started here, I was spending a lot more on like where I was staying for the night and all that kind of stuff. So I really had to learn how to find free places to stay and like safe free places to stay, but mm -hmm. like forests and all that kind of stuff and just how to budget better because I, I was a mess when I first started this, like and quickly figured out that we needed to change how we did that. Um, but it was because I learned how to like budget in that way, I was able to like go about and like go internationally, like what I did this past uh, spring. But I wouldn't have been able to do that for the price range that I did if I wasn't smart in the way that I like learned from this. So it was a big, big sink, sink or swim sort of situation. And at first I sank and then figured out how to swim and like doing stuff like um Kayla said remotely like I started doing my TikTok and all my book covers and that kind of stuff that keeps me going during the summer so it's not much of an income but it is very helpful to like fuel what I'm doing so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so for people who maybe want to travel they want to but they don't know how to get a remote business what advice do y'all have for them to start to transition that way of thinking and that mindset and how to find things to do to make money. I can start with that. Sure. Um, so I've never had a remote business. However, I've looked for opportunities to travel. As I mentioned earlier, like the Peace Corps, uh, when I was in Nicaragua, I worked for a cultural exchange organization. Um, so uh, it involves research. Um, people, they have to do the research. Um, but one website that I recommend is Idealist. Uh, it's a website that people, they can go on, they can search which country they want to be in. And a lot of the work is um, like non-government, um, non-government related jobs. Um, so I think that's a very good uh, choice for people who are looking to get started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And to continue on with what Mike is saying, um, you know, there's so many organizations now like Wolfing oh, and, oh. you know, exchanging work on a farm in exchange for room and board. There's house sitting opportunities all around the world. There's pet sitting opportunities. You know, there's a lot of free and very budget friendly opportunities to go out and experience some of these international places on a, on a very low budget. Also, in my experience, I found, you know, if you do have a full-time job that you enjoy, it's paying well, 
ask for a leave of absence for a month or ask to work remotely for a month. You know, the answer is always going to be no, unless you ask. So just approach your boss and just see what is available. Like, Hey, can I take a month off and go work remotely? And you may be surprised by the answer. So. Mm, yeah, that's a great point. Ladies, anybody? Yeah. So um, when I, I actually started my business because of travel um, mm. back in 2013, I took a leave of absence from my full-time job in the mental health field. And uh, I went on this trip, this journey across America and being able to wake up every single day and choose how I wanted to spend my time and to discover and explore new and different places. I fell in love. I mean, it was this aliveness that I needed in my life. And so when I came back from that trip, I started to ask myself, how can I make this a part of my every day? And I first started exploring some travel options. Like, could I go abroad and teach English? I was going to go get certified in Prague and then go teach English in Taiwan. That was an idea. I applied to a, a company called Backroads to become a tour guide. There were definitely options to travel and make a living. But what I realized was if I went with one of these, when I came back, what would I have? I wouldn't mm -hmm. have anything. I wouldn't have built anything. It would have been kind of like a short-term like band-aid solution. And so I had always been told by people that you would make a great life coach. And back then in like 2011, 2012, I'm like, what's a life coach? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but anyways, I, I decided to explore that route because I realized, well, I could create a business and become an entrepreneur and I could build this business and then I could have my location freedom. I would have this thing that I'm building for life. And so, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business and you have a skill set, look at your skill set. What is it that you can contribute to society? Uh, if you could have a service, what would it be? Um, it's also helpful to work with a coach, someone who can help you kind of clarify and crystallize what it is that you want to do. What is the business that you want to open up? So that's always an option too to explore with someone who's been there, who's done it and can, who can help you step off that traditional path to really build something that's going to last and allow you to travel. Yeah. Karina. They covered all like the really good points. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would I agree with everything that you guys said, but also there's more along the lines of, especially like I'm young, I'm 23. I don't know how old you guys are, but I am younger. So like hitting like the Gen X, uh, Gen Z. You're uh, Gen Gen Z. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> um, social media platforms are really, really helpful. And that is what I ended up doing and what is keeping me afloat for the most part. Um, again, like with what Kayla said, if it's something you're passionate about or like you know, keeping it up, people are like going to be interested in what you're doing. So like, I literally just post my story and I have um, people who support me through my journey because they, they enjoy watching what I'm being able to do, but there's so many different options of what you can do on social media, whether it's sharing your business that you started or simply just sharing your story. And then that way you can build off of that. Um, and then eventually start doing like brand deals and all that kind of stuff and working with like advertising, which is what I'm getting into slowly. But like, there's a lot of ways to grow financially through the social media aspect of it. And people love watching you travel around the world because they wish they could, you know, mm -hmm. and like, 
being in my position, I want to help people understand that they can do it. Like I, I started with some savings in my wallet and now I'm like making money off of doing it. So it's everybody has the opportunity to do it. It's just a big jump to get into it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it takes action. You have to put the action forth. Karina, you taught me a huge lesson about being a young single mom. When I was having kids, once you had kids, that was it. You're stuck in the family. You can't travel. You can't do anything because you have a child. You had your child and said, I'm going to put them in this van and we're going to see things and we're going to do things. And so it just really takes putting that stuff to action. So before travel, before you started your journeys, did you ever, any of you ever experience, this isn't going to happen for me. I can't. Did you ever feel that that lifestyle was not for you or you couldn't achieve it? Yeah. So from my perspective, um, I was just crippled with fear and just intimidated to actually make the leap and didn't know how realistic it was, didn't know how plausible it was, how silly it was. I had a good job in the corporate world, making good money, but I just wanted to see the world. I had this burning desire to see it and I, I couldn't decide. I waffled back and forth. And for me, it actually took um, the passing away of a close friend of mine to just jolt me out of this waffling back and forth where I just said, I'm going, it's, it's now, I'm not going to wait any longer. So I, I hope it doesn't take people, uh, a close friend or family member passing away, but yeah, the fear is real. And for me, I was very intimidated to actually make it work, but I, I, five, well, now seven years in, I'm still living abroad and I haven't looked back and it hasn't been easy. My, my dad still doesn't get it. He still tries to get me to move home every week, but it's just, I, I can't go back anymore. It's uh, too intoxicating. <laughs> right. Who else would like to go? I guess I never imagined I would travel because um, a lot of us, I, I think we're almost the same, around the same age, but um, there wasn't a lot of social media when we were younger. So me, like, I didn't see like a lot of people traveling um, unless it was like Discovery Channel or, you know, something along those lines. And I definitely didn't see like a lot of like black people traveling. So I couldn't, you know, imagine like doing it myself. Um, mm -hmm. But like what it took was when I was in college, um, one of my buddies, uh, he ended up studying in South Africa. And then he came back and he was telling me about his experience. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, how did you go about doing that? And he just told me like, what changed in my life? He just told me, Hey, I went to the study abroad department and they, you know, helped me go to South Africa. And that's all it took for me to, you know, follow in his footsteps and be able to study abroad. But it was something I was always interest, interested in. So I would read books and you have all of these um, like anthropologists or, you know, people going to, I don't know where to, you know, um, study fossils and dinosaur bones or whatever. And I'm like, I can't see myself doing that. But uh, studying abroad, um, it was a perfect opportunity to get me interested in travel and 
since then, it's just been connecting with like-minded people um, that helped me along the yeah. way. Yeah. Karina? I, so when I was probably about 15, 16, I was working my first job and I was like saving pretty much from the get-go. Um, gotta try. Like that, sorry. Um, and so I was saving from when I first started my work. And um, when I found out I was pregnant, I was 18 at the time. Um, I thought that was going to be it. Like you said, you just kind of assume that that's going to be like the end of, you know, your youth and what you get to do when like you're young and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, dang, I guess I'm not traveling. Um, but it was really like having COVID and like being kind of stuck at home. He was probably about six months to a year during like the height of all of it. It just kind of kept me like itching and itching and itching for it. And I was looking at vans and trailers and all that kind of stuff every day, just like hoping that maybe one day when everything kind of like opened up again, that I'd be able to get out. Um, and it took up till 2022 um, to finally like it was the end of actually 2021 where this van was practically like dropped in my lap as an opportunity and took to 2022 to get it ready and then finally go. So it was like 18. I was like, this is never going to happen for me. 2020 I was like stuck at home wishing for everything and then finally 2022 I made it happen so like I think patience and just like waiting you know even if you are scared giving it time to kind of like prep and get to where you are like it's going to happen eventually for you if you know what it is yeah it's going to happen eventually for you just don't necessarily rush it because that's where it can get like messy but yeah yeah Kayla I was thinking about this and I, I think I've been plagued by probably some of the things that a lot of people are plagued by, like, oh, how am I going to afford that? Or how am I going to make that work with a job? Or how can I fit this into my lifestyle? But what I, if I look back at all of those times where it felt like a challenge, I've always, it's always found a way to occur. And I had certain dreams that didn't come to pass. Like I wanted to live in a bus um, for a little while and that hasn't come to pass yet. And that's okay. I ended up living in Mexico instead and that's really cool. So I think just allowing myself to go with the flow and see like what gets presented is and, and at the right timing is really powerful because that road trip that I wanted to go on, right? Like my best friend and I always wanted to do it together and something always came up, life happened, we were never ready. And then it happened when it was meant to. And so I think it's just holding on to the possibility that if this is something you want, it's going to happen and being open to how it wants to show up um, yeah. and letting that guide you. Absolutely. 100% timing is everything. So I want to go into a little bit about what Ryan said about his dad still hasn't really wrapped his mind around what he's doing. Do you, do any of you want to share stories about maybe family members or well-meaning friends trying to limit you from traveling? I don't think I've necessarily had much like that. I think both of my parents were very 
they're of course like terrified for my life all the time, but they were very supportive of me getting to actually do what I wanted to do. Um, and the only part where I ever felt limited sometimes is friends my age who, in my opinion, I'd like to see it as they wish they were able to do or were doing what I got to do. They would like try to make me feel guilty for leaving them or doing something of the such. And that kind of mm -hmm. like, I, I'm a very empathetic person. I'm like, dang, well, maybe I shouldn't leave them. That's not fair. Like if they can't come, why should I go sort of thing? So they're not my friends anymore. <laughs> um, mm. But just thankfully have had a whole lot of support with what I'm doing. So nice. who would like to go next? I'll go. Um, and I guess like I've always been the kind of person who like I like to, I don't really tell people that I'm doing something because I feel like when you tell people, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, um, whether it's travel or whatever, um, like people who can't do it or like, they don't want to do it, they, they have the opportunity to talk you out of it. So um, that's one reason I, I've never, you know, told a lot of people, oh, I'm going here, I'm going to, you know, join an AV or I'm joining the Peace Corps because I didn't give anybody the opportunity to um, talk me out of it. And I guess it was weird. They're like, oh, like, where are you at? Oh, I'm in Paraguay. I didn't know you went there. You know, that's, <laughs> that's how my entire life is. I didn't know you were in the Navy. I didn't know. <laughs> um, so, so but, and for the most part, like people, they, they have been supportive. Like my, my family, um, like they've been supportive. Um, like, hey, like Karina said, they're probably terrified like half the time. Like they don't know where I'm at <laughs> or what I'm doing. So, but I guess it's good for them also. Um, but they know that I have like a good shoulder on my head. I'm not gonna, or head on my shoulder. Um, I'm not gonna do anything like to intentionally put myself in danger. Um, so I think they just have like a lot of faith in me. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to go next, Kayla or Ryan? I'll just say, I don't, I don't think I've ever had any friends or family who have stopped me. I've been really blessed and the fact that my family is very supportive of my travels and me going after my dreams and I'm really thankful for it. Oh, that's so nice. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been hard. I've had an overwhelming amount of support and positive feedback from most of my friends and family, but my dad seems to be the one holdout who just can't quite come to terms with it. And I'm kind of piggybacking off what Mike said. I think, actually, I know he trusts me. He trusts the decisions I'll make. It's his fear of anything outside of America. He's, he's just a very... He's a very quintessential Midwestern man. He travels not in his his sphere. It's not something he likes to do. He doesn't think it's important or valuable. And he's just kind of just scared of anything that's different. And that's what he's he's struggles to wrap his head around. So he he doesn't trust other people. But I I try and tell him constantly. You know, different does not equal dangerous, Dad. Like, I'm, common sense prevails anywhere in the world. And he still just has a hard time wrapping his head around that. So it, it's been hard. He he has slowly, I don't want to say come to terms with it, but he has slowly accepted it. 
Um, but he still just every chance he gets tries to get me to tries to make these little comments about, well, if you live near family or, well, mm. you don't live near family, so it's your fault. Like just always making these comments to make me feel guilty. So it, it's hard, but like Mike said, I just, I just have to live my life and just mm-hmm. make the best decisions that I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, the world is a scary place. It can be scary in your own home. So can you, do you mind if I add something? And yeah. Also, um, like with that, I think that like some people, especially like older people, like there is, you know, um, there are things that are supposed to happen. Like you're supposed to go to college, you're supposed to get a job, you're supposed to have kids, get a house. And check the, exactly, the box. And once you deviate like, from that, then it becomes scary. You know, if you travel, then you're going to um, like ruin your earning potential or you're not going to be able to buy a house. You're not going to be able to, you know, have kids or like do these things that you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before I go to that other question I was going to ask, let's talk more into that. We're not checking the boxes. We're not getting ready for retirement. We're blowing all this money by traveling. What do you, what are your y'all's thoughts on that stigma? Cause it's a stigma. Um, I've got the, a big breaker of the stigmas. <laughs> uh, hold on, I see what you're trying to do. There you go. Um, being a 23-year-old single mom who never went to college and is now traveling and working on becoming her own business owner one day. An entrepreneur, Karina. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like I'm actually out here trying to advocate for that, the fact that not everybody is meant to go to college. Like I always wanted to be a lawyer. Um, I'm actually in the very opposite direction of all of that now. I'm like, peace, live, and do all the good things. So, like, uh, I will hurt feelings and tell people that it's just kind of silly to have to check all those boxes if you're not happy while you're checking those boxes. If you are, like, content with, you know, checking your boxes, making your money, bringing in the bills, like, all that kind of stuff, do what you got to do. But if your soul feels like it's literally being suffocated by it, find something else. You are not meant for that life. Do whatever you got to do, even if it doesn't look right to society. I get so much trash talked about me, but I'm just like, hey, I <laughs> like, all right, the haters just want to be us. So it's okay. Yep. 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 And I love that. I love that. I love that about Gen Z. Y'all, y'all are kind of saying what I think Gen X, as we were growing up, were wanting to say, we just, we weren't allowed to say it. So who wants to go next on that on that other question? Yeah, so oh, Mike, you want to go? Go ahead, go ahead. So I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach to that question and say, I have tried to, because th- those questions are constant. I mean, the, the probably the most prevalent question I get is, how, how are you affording this? Who's paying for this? And it just becomes annoying. (laughs) I've tried to turn it full circle and say, well, I actually look at it as I'm saving money in the long term. because, And I'm referring specifically to the year I took around the world where I wasn't working. I I dedicated one year of my life where I wasn't going to work and I was just going to travel. 
And I looked at it as this one-way ticket around the world, see as much as I can in one year. I never had to come home. And it was just kind of this one-year vacation to scratch this itch versus constantly doing return flights back and forth for years on end. So I've got that travel bug out of me now. So I don't really need or want to do that in my 60s or 70s when most people will do it and probably won't even have the time or energy to do it. So plus, you know, the cost of living will continue to go up. So I look at it as I'm actually saving money in the long term by doing it all in one fell swoop. I like it. And I'll just say, I think that, you know, all of us are pretty um, financially smart. Even Karina, uh, she said at 16, she started saving money. That's more like when she was working, that's more than, you know, this where my mom was at when I was 16. Um, but over time I learned like the importance of managing money. And this is just um, seeing how financially irresponsible like my family was growing up. It made me want to be uh, more financially independent. And that's what like I worked toward. Um, but with that said, I think that like, if I was to get a financial, financial advice to anybody, my, the first thing I would say is like, avoid debt at all costs. And for the people who are saying, oh, it's irresponsible that, you know, you're, um, like traveling the world and not working or whatever. I've, I've worked like every single, or not every single country, but all of most of the time I've been traveling, it was through work. Um, so I have been able to save whether it was, you know, no matter how small like the amount was. Um, but me, I think it's like irresponsible for people to take out, you know, straight out of high school, 18 years old, to take out, you know, fifty thousand uh, dollars worth of loans and you know, get out of college and not be able to find a job that you know they went to college to get um and then take out a you know three hundred thousand dollar mortgage you don't have to work to pay pay it off instead of like enjoying life you're basically you know a slave to all that debt that you built up and one thing that i did when i was young um that really helped me was paying off my debt paying off my student loans like um like every like i didn't i didn't spend money getting a new car like every car i've had has been a used car um so if and i've been able to save for retirement so if a person you know is smart uh, with how they work and how they save and invest then they can do anything they want to mm -hmm. agreed kayla yeah i think um piggybacking off of mike it just comes down to like what what do you really value and what's most important to you and i think it's hard it can be clouded to know what that is because our society is set up in a certain way that says you have to do this and that and this and that you have to check these boxes. This is the traditional path. And I do think that that keeps those that traditional path keeps a lot of these systems in place that um, if, uh, you know, if they collapsed, right, then the people who are greedy in this world wouldn't get to keep being greedy and keep getting uh, building up that wealth that they have, right? If everyone were to just say, no, screw this, like, I'm not going to participate in capitalism, I'm not going to buy the new car, I'm not going to buy the house when I can't afford it, right? Like, things would just go crazy. Um, but I think if we really allow ourselves to tune into what we value and what we want, and we do have the courage to go after it, 
I think it's an act of activism to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And I'll say for me, I never wanted to go to college, but I felt that expectation or that pressure to do that. I did get into debt because that was the way that my family said, this is what you got to do. And I regret that decision. I don't regret going to school. I'm glad I did. Um, but I'm glad that I stepped off of that traditional path at the age of 24 and decided to open my own business because that was never modeled to me and yes. to decide to travel. Um, so, and I think, you know what, no matter how old you are, right? If you hear that call in your soul, that's telling you, I want to travel, follow it. If you're in your forties, if you're in your fifties, if you're in your sixties, it's never too late. Um, but follow it as soon as, as you hear it and your life will just unfold in miraculous and magical ways. There's yeah. no need to wait. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. From y'all's viewpoint, has travel positively or negatively impacted your mental health? Positively, 1 million percent. Nice. I, I will say what I have learned and seen on the road has taught me more than any job or any schooling ever has and ever will. And it, it, it's the best education the best for your mental mental health for me personally it just gave me a new lease on life and it's it was very powerful i agree with that Who would like to i did miss the question because there was a, a fire truck person ali i know we're we're gonna hurry buddy we're gonna hurry from your viewpoint karina has travel positively or negatively impacted your mental health oh um, definitely positively in the now, you know, now when I first started to do this, it, I, I had a really bad like period of time where it was just like me deciding whether or not I was doing the right thing, thinking I was a failure for not like checking those boxes that we just previously talked about. So like, it took a while to realize that this is what makes my heart happy. And this is what I need to be doing fully. Um, but now I think I'm like better than where I've ever been before. And I want to continue to do that so that Ollie's always going to be in the best place that he ever is. And like, he even is more mentally and like emotionally happy and calm while we're on the road and traveling. Like when we're at the house and cooped up and all that kind of stuff, he he'll have breakdowns every day, but like here he gets to do what he's doing. So we're both like really benefiting, benefiting a lot from just like doing what makes us happy at this point. Um, Mike? I'll say overall, um, positively, um, as Brian mentioned, you know, just the education alone, like aspect of it, like I've learned more from travel than I have any, you know, formal education. And that's what's you know crazy. That's what I love about it because I went to the Dominican Republic to study, and I had Spanish classes. But when you know I was, you know, at the convenience stores or at a restaurant ordering food, that's when I had the um, the best opportunity to practice and learn the language. Um, just, just being out and about and like history, um, like all of that stuff as far as the education goes. But also like it challenges you you as a person and. It, just being exposed to, it can be stressful because like being in an environment where you don't speak the language, where everybody looks different than you and being able to overcome that and um, build a, a community like abroad, like that's, that's powerful. Um, but also 
uh, positively in a way that, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do and I'm pursuing that. And when you're doing that, when you're pursuing the things that you're passionate about and what you want in life, like even when obstacles do come, there's still um, like joy in knowing that, you know, you're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. Kayla? Yeah, absolutely. It has impacted my mental health. And I, I think especially living in Mexico, it's really given me the permission to decondition. Um, when you are outside of the U.S. looking in, you really see the hustle and the rushing and the have to fit everything in and do everything. And coming here, the culture values different things, right? It's a slower way of life and it really centers enjoyment and relaxation and time with family and celebration. And so to step outside of the U.S. and feel these cultural differences, they've allowed me to let go of some of that conditioning that I've received from my home country and to just embrace a different pace of life, which actually feels more natural to who I am. And so I think when we can step outside of the, the country and the culture that we've been raised in to experience how other people live, it gives us the opportunity to look at, ooh, I actually align with this way of life more. And sometimes we don't know that it's possible because we haven't experienced it. So it really allows us to get even clearer about what we value and what's really important to us and how we wanna live. Yeah, since you all have traveled abroad, can you name something that is a misconception that we as being raised in the States hear about other countries abroad that kind of keep us fear in fear and not want to explore those areas? Does anybody want to share? I'm going to make a request that Ryan share about what he learned when he was in Medellin from the taxi driver or the, the driver? Yeah, so I was in Medellin, Colombia, doing a coffee farm tour, an organic coffee farm tour. And I was just, I was with two other American tourists and the driver was from Caracas, Venezuela across the border. and. Back in 2018, 2019, Caracas was going through a pretty, pretty bad humanitarian crisis. Just a lot of a lot of bad things happening in that country, and we got to talking in the car ride. And um, one of the other American tourists, after we had asked where our driver was from, he said Caracas. The other guy just said, "Oh, I would never visit Venezuela. You know, just they have a level four government do not travel like they need to clean up their act like I would never go there horrible place to visit horrible place to go just talking very negatively about it just immediately without even like asking our driver more questions and and he our driver from Crocus was very empathetic and and understood he goes yeah you know there's a lot of issues there right now but you know actually the, our government uh, of Venezuela has a level the highest level warning against our citizens visiting the United States because of racial tension and gun violence, and specifically because of some recent mass shootings. And so a lot of people don't realize other countries actually have travel advisories against the United States 
for their citizens visiting the US. It, it goes both ways. And a lot of Americans don't realize that when they're traveling. Like, oh, Mexico has this you know, travel advisory. Maybe we shouldn't go. Well, guess what? A lot of countries have travel advisors against the US too. So it's not this, America is not this almighty beacon of safety. <laughs> You know, so. Right. Does anybody else have any, like a story to share or any insight that they heard about the same similar thing? Yeah, my example is similar to Ryan's. When I was in Nicaragua, I was talking to this young lady and I was asking her, like we were talking about, you know, the countries that we wanted to visit. And I asked her like what countries she wanted to visit. And, you know, she said like Spain, France, and, you know, some other countries, but, um, she didn't mention the United States. So I asked her, like, why don't you want to go to the United States? You know, it's a, a great place to visit. And she just told me, she was like, it's dangerous, like in the United States. Um, they discriminate against Latinos. They don't like Latinos there. And so and how we, like as Americans perceive other countries, like she perceived like our country, like the same way. And I had to explain to her, like, you're not going to go like to the United States and like people are going to like everybody's going to discriminate against you or, you know, you're going to be in some dangerous situation. It's not like that. Um, so it's the same stigmas or yeah, the same, yeah, the same stigmas that we have against other countries they have against us. So we may think, Oh, this is like the greatest country. Like we have the best education. Other people don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Karina. Um, I don't necessarily have, much of an opinion on that mainly because all the places that I've been I have made sure of being like very safe especially being a young single female traveling with a kid I, I usually just don't go to a lot of like assumed stigmatized scary places um like Bali and like out of the country being Bali was only one of them and they were the kindest people that you will ever meet the most generous people that you will ever meet like hear anything about the United States from anybody in Bali about whether they felt they wanted to travel here? They, a lot of people from Bali, like I talked to a lot of college kids one night, I was hanging out with a bunch of them on the beach and all of them said that one day they want to visit the U.S., but it was mainly for the opportunity that mm -hmm. the U.S. provides to a lot of people because they don't necessarily have the highest paying jobs or the best kinds of like universities and all that kind of stuff so the only reason they wanted to come to us is for education and a better financial situation I heard that Kayla yeah the only thing that I'd like to add is that um, kind of interesting goes along with what Karina was saying that there is also this impression that everyone wants to come into America because of those opportunities but that's not actually true. Um, Ryan and I were in San Miguel de Allende and we were on a horseback riding tour with a uh, Mexican man who told us that he lived in the States for a couple of years and decided to come back to Mexico because he didn't like the lifestyle, the pace of living. Um, he preferred to be in his own country where the pace of life was slower and where there wasn't so much stress and chaos. And so I think that's another one of those things that we think everyone wants to be in America, but mm -hmm. it's not true. Um, not everyone wants to be in America. Mm -hmm. yeah. and 
Yeah. I was, I was just going to say a lot of the locals I have met abroad, they have the same sentiment that Kayla just mentioned, and they, they just want to visit the U.S. to see New York City or the Grand Canyon one day and then go back home. You know, they have no desire to live or work there ever. Yeah. It, hearing that other countries have a perception of us as being violent or unwelcoming kind of puts into perspective for me because there was a lot of countries growing up that we were told, don't go there. It's too dangerous. If you go there, you're going to get killed or captured or in a jail or something's going to happen to you. And so you kind of go, oh, I definitely don't want to put that on my bucket list. But to hear that our country is under the same scrutiny, it's kind of like, okay, so maybe the world is dangerous in your own backyard. Maybe it's not so dangerous to travel outside of your comfort zone, really. So, yeah, can you kind of shed some light? Has anybody been to a volatile area that maybe it was impressed on you in some way you got an impression that it was a volatile area you went there and found out that it's not as dangerous as it seemed or as told mike um, so i will say and this is uh kind of more so for the the previous question um we're talking about uh, misconceptions so yes there are countries or there are people in other countries who you know, think the United States is dangerous and I think it's this bad place. However, there is a reality that um, does exist in, you know, countries that make people want to travel here and to work here and to live here. Because I've been to countries where, you know, the only way you were getting a job is if you were part of like a political, a certain political party. And if you weren't, if you didn't vote a certain way, then you you didn't, you couldn't get a job. Um, and I'm not gonna say any countries, but um, right. countries that you know they didn't have the same economic or education opportunities. I've been to countries where you know school was not free. People they had to pay to go to school, and these are not like well-off countries, but they had to pay to go to school. They had to pay for uniforms. So um, there are, you know, there are um, like real reasons that people like come here uh, for opportunities that exist here that don't exist like in their own country. You know, just like, you know, some of us, like we go to countries because, you know, opportunities that we can't get here, we can get in other countries, like, you know, um, being able to afford, you know, a house or an apartment, you know, for a reasonable price. Um, okay. So a lot of it just goes both ways. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Um, to answer your question about what you just asked, I, I would say Mexico for me has been my biggest uh, wake up call for just, you know, a, a country that gets a lot of negative attention and negative press. People tend to just stay in resorts when they come here. And Kayla and I have found that this, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, yes, violence exists here. And yes, there are problems here, but it is so, so far blown out of proportion. And Kayla and I have just fallen in love with this country. It is nothing like we thought it was growing up. It is just so special to us. And 
the people are so good to us. And to me, Mexico is just that probably one of the most misunderstood countries I have ever visited and now lived in for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Kayla? Um, yeah, I don't have much to add to that. Um, I think that Ryan said it beautifully. That's, <laughs> this is the only place that I've been that probably has been warned against. Mm -hmm. um, and I've never once felt unsafe here. There's been a couple of times where my safety was questioned, but it I could it could have happened in the U.S. Right? Like mm -hmm. it it wasn't something specific to Mexico. So yeah. Karina, is there any place that you were told that was dangerous that you've been to that you found was actually quite the opposite? No, um, not really, not, not dangerous. Like, I think the worst place that I was warned against was Paris, and it was just about people being a little snooty, and some <laughs> were, and a lot were not. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised with a lot of the people that I met there. Nice. Um, do have to uh, tap out actually um, it's getting a little late for us and it's getting really hot in this van <laughs> okay. all right well we'll let you tap out Karina thank you so much for joining this discussion Ali thank you for being so good bye Ali. yeah oh, okay thank you bye go run around so let's talk about I was reading pieces of Ryan's book. And the piece that I read was about when you were traveling for that year and suddenly that anxiety came flooding over you. What am I doing? Should I even be doing this? Did I make a bad decision? Does that happen to all of you when you're traveling? Do you ever get those resistance points where it's like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then anxiety takes over. And would you like to share? I would say absolutely. Like, I don't think I could take a year off and just travel like Ryan did. Um, because after a while, it just gets like boring. Um, you're traveling all of the time and like things just become the same. Like I'll give you an example. Like I've never traveled, like I said, that long of a period. Um, I've lived in countries for, you know, two, I was in Paraguay for two years. I was in Japan for almost five years. And when you live in a place, it's different than moving. You're always on the go. Um, so it does tire a person out. And when I was in Paraguay, I took a trip to Brazil and like Rio and like Rio is like crazy. The people were beautiful. Like everybody, they were, they were showing like so much love. I, I loved it. But after a couple of days, I was just like, I'm ready to go back to like Paraguay where it's boring and, you know, <laughs> but it's home, you know? So um, I think that it's good to, you know, have, to be able to travel, but also to be able to, you know, have somewhere you call home and you can like uh, decompress. Yeah. Ryan or Kayla? Kayla, you wanna go? Um, I, yeah, I guess I can speak to, uh, I, I prefer to slow travel. That's definitely my uh, desired pace. We did a trip where we did a month in five different destinations. So five months total, that was even a little too fast paced for me. 
Um, it was great to be able to sink in and experience a place to get a good idea for, hey, is this somewhere that I could see myself living long term? But we've been in Sayulita for two years, and I just prefer to be rooted and grounded for a, a long period of time. Do I want to stay in Sayulita forever? I don't I don't know. Um, I'd love to explore other countries, but I'd love to do it in this way that we've done it, where we're really living there and tapping into the community and building a network here and making friendships and uh, really just getting to experience life as someone who who lives here. Yeah, that's really important. You really don't get that when you're always on the go. Yeah. Ryan? Yeah, what I'll say is what I experienced the first couple of months of my year around the world, those fleeting moments of isolation and confusion, they were very real and very potent. Um, but what I'll say now is compare comparing that year around the world to the life I'm living now where I have a home base. I'm sleeping in the same bed every night. I'm not living out of a backpack. Like Mike said, there's just something really beautiful about that. And I don't have those moments anymore. I don't have those moments of confusion and isolation. Now it's just, I know I'm where I need to be. And it feels really dang good because um, Mexico and living abroad is just very special. So I, I don't have them anymore, but I, I did initially, like you, you read about those first few months. Yeah. So it comes from just being like isolated and lonely. Is that where they come from? Cause that was surprising to me. I was like, Oh, we're going along on this journey. And then all of a sudden here comes that anxiety that we all kind of feel. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's where it started. It started with just this overwhelming feeling of isolation and confusion. And um, for me, I started to formulate a theory where just once a month, my moods would just flatline. And because I was seeing and moving so much and experiencing so much, just these intense dopamine highs, where eventually I just landed on, you know what, once a month, I'm just going to crash. My, mood is, my moods are going to crash and I'm just going to need to take a day or two to recuperate. So um, that's kind of what I, I theorized what was happening. Yeah. So in your opinion, do y'all feel that when traveling, you should do more of a slow travel and kind of have a home base instead of trying to like, just go for the gusto? <laughs> I think from my experience, I was so hooked on traveling. I needed to see as much as I could as quickly as I could, but I realized I was missing out on a lot of more authentic and richer experiences. And so when I slowed down, I was really able to tap into the culture a lot more and have experiences I wouldn't have had otherwise. So neither way is right or wrong, but I think in terms of well-being and having richer experiences, slowing down is definitely the best way to go. Nice. Yeah. I also I also think that it's like going to be different uh depending on where you are in your life. You know, maybe if you're younger and you have that spirit of adventure and you're ready to go out and discover the world, you might feel like, yes, I want that faster pace. Uh, I think, you know, as you get older and maybe you slow down a little bit, you might really enjoy the slower travel, but it's going to be dependent on each individual and what feels really resonant for them. Yeah, I believe it uh, depends on where a person is in their life. 
like when I, when I was young, personally, when I was young, I would have loved to, you know, travel to a bunch of like places like Ryan, but also I think uh, like Brian, he said something earlier about um, like, especially like when you're in the States, you only have a certain amount of time. Um, so let's say you, you take two weeks. Um, and this is how I, like when I was living in, when I was, I was stationed in Japan, like through the Navy and that's what I would do. Like, um, like I would get a Christmas vacation and I would pick like two or three countries and I would try to travel to these countries uh, or I would travel to these countries uh, within a two week period. Um, but uh, that's another factor. But overall, I think that uh, tra slow travel, that's the best way to go because you do get to take in more and reflect on like your experiences. Yeah. Do you feel that having these adventures has improved your quality of life? Yes, 1000%. Um, I, I will say there are downsides for sure, like missing family, missing friends. For me personally, I have lost some friendships and grown apart from a lot of friendships that I didn't ever think I would. So, you know, there, there are downsides to that. You know, you can't relate to friends and family the same way as you used to. And, and that takes some time to reconcile. But overall, it has just broadened my mind and how I look at the world, how I look at myself and really fostered more compassion and kindness for people that um, no, maybe normally I would be quicker to judge. So before I may have been quick to judge someone and think of the worst possible explanation for their behavior. But now I've flipped it where if I see something and I start judging, I try and think of the most compassionate and kindest possible explanation for their behavior. So that's just how my mind has flipped. Nice. Kayla? Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to this one. I think absolutely it has increased quality of life. But like Brian said, he really covered it nicely. You do miss out on friends and family. Yeah. Yeah. Mike? It's definitely improved my quality of life and um, also like what I value. Um, like when I was in the Dominican Republic, like I didn't have like a, a TV or like my, my family, they had a television, but everything was in Spanish. So I didn't understand. And when I went to Paraguay, it was the same thing. They had television, but like I really didn't um, like watch television, but like not, you know, not have a television allow me to go out and like meet people and talk to people and develop relationships in, with people I keep in contact um, until this day. Um, so it's improved my life like in that area, but also um, like I'm not as materialistic as I was when I was younger. Um, I just value like just different things. Yeah. So seeing the world kind of puts that into perspective too, is you learn to move away from being materialistic thinking or different kinds of ways of thinking that we maybe had when we were younger. If y'all want to kind of talk about maybe an experience that kind of changed that mindset for you. Oh man, for me, it was just seeing the abject poverty around the world, just people living in the worst possible conditions and really put my own worries and problems in perspective and realize they're my worries and problems are self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
And so, yeah, it, it just really, those were my most potent um, parts that kind of just shifted things inside of me was when, when I saw just that the abject poverty, it just crushed me. So, but I also believe it, it's important to see, you know, everyone kind of needs to see that or should see it once in their life because it does change you. And it does, like Mike said, make you less materialistic. You realize you don't need as much as you thought you did. So. Yeah. Kayla? Uh, I'm going to pass on this one too. No problem. Uh, okay. Mike? Um, yeah, I think Ryan, he covered it. He covered it he all. Did. <laughs> Ryan, you're taking that one solo. <laughs> I say anything, this is going to be similar to what he said. Okay. Well, Mike, you go first. Next question. <laughs> all right. I, will, I got it. All right. So next question. Share the most daring thing you pushed yourself to do on an adventure. The most daring thing. Um, and I say it a lot. I, when I when I do my book signings, when I'm talking to people, I say it a lot. You don't have to travel you know, outside of the States to have a, an adventure. And one of the most like daring things that I've done was actually like last month, I went skydiving and like I have a list like in the book of things that I want to do when I would things that I want to do. And that was just that just happened to be one of the things in there. So, you know, like one Thursday, I was like, I want to go skydiving. And Sunday I was jumping out of a plane. Wow. <laughs> How was that experience? Um, and just like I've done other I've jumped from waterfalls. I've I've done crazy stuff before. But when you when you do like so much, when you when you are an adventure and you do so much, you become used to it almost. And it wasn't as scary as I thought it was. Like the scariest part of it was like I had my oh shit moment when I pulled up to like the airport and I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna do this. And my heart was beating. And then I had to sign all of these waivers, like if you die or it's <laughs> open, you know, you're not liable. But when I was in the plane and I jumped out of it, it felt like I was floating. Like I wasn't worried about like dying or how scary it was. Oh wow! Right, it, there really wasn't even like a rush. Like the wind was blowing in my face, and like that, that, that was about it. But like, you I landed was, were your hands shaking from the adrenaline? Not really, because I, I think I've been there before. Like I've been there where you, like when you do something terrifying and you know, you're shaking. Like the worst part of it was the um, the lanyard. It was really tight around my leg. So I think it cut off some circulation. So I had trouble standing afterward, but um, it was great. Nice, nice. Kayla? I'd say that I'm less daring the older I get. Um, but on my road trip, my best friend and I made it a point to drive down random roads. And some of those roads led to the most beautiful gems I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so if you're on a road trip, drive down the road that doesn't look like it's been traveled on because there's a lot to discover there. Awesome. Nice metaphor for life there. Uh, my most daring adventure was when I went scuba diving in the Red Sea of Jordan, and it was daring to me because it was a beginner's level course that required no certification, so I've never been certified. It was with a man who um, had his equipment, all of his equipment. He was renting it out of a van. I have no idea how well maintained the equipment was. I have no idea if he was certified, 
I just took my Airbnb host's word that he knew what he was doing. And I just went scuba diving 50 feet under the Red Sea of Jordan with a man I had met 10 minutes earlier. And so <laughs> uh, with no certification or background whatsoever. So that was pretty daring to me. I agree. I agree. I don't know if I could do all that. <laughs> a perfectly good plane. <laughs> Share a story where a trip did not go according to plan. That's every, every trip I've been on. <laughs> <laughs> Is it rule of thumb just to go without a plan for you, Mike? I, I think so. And I, I think I talk about that in my book. Like, um, it's better just to go without a plan um, because, like, when, when you come up with the plan like for me um and i learned this early on um like when i was i visited brazil i i, I came up with a list of everything i wanted to do i wanted to see christ the redeemer but when you see christ the redeemer you get your picture and you're like okay what's next and it sort of feels like you're just going through the motions where when you don't have a plan you, you get to experience like oh my god like what am i doing like where i'm at i'm lost like i didn't plan this out and I feel it's more like natural and exciting um, when you just you know, going on the fly than you know following you know what you following an itinerary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, I learned the same thing early on as well. And uh, my first ever trip abroad I took, I had these certain cities that I was just couldn't wait to get to. Madrid being one of them and just had these overwhelmingly high expectations for certain cities. And I, I ended up getting dumped in one city by, by my girlfriend. And so that city just has a bad taste in my, my mouth. And then the city that I actually still to this day love the most was just the, the city that was supposed to be a three-day stopover, uh, which was Lisbon. I was just supposed to be there for three days. I didn't know anything about it had no really desire to go. And now I've been back three times and it's just my favorite city on the planet. And so, yeah, just for me, going into places with no expectations is one of the best ways to really bring some magic about. Yeah, Kayla? Um, so my road trip, actually, I planned out the entire thing because that was who I was at the time, a very type A and controlling person. So I had like day by day, all right, Tinderay, we're going to stay this many days at this national park, this many days at this national park, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the plan was to visit the national parks. So I don't know if you remember, maybe not. It was 2013, October 1st, and the government shut down. And we had to throw our plan out the window because all the parks closed down because the government was shut down. Uh, so that was quite interesting for my little type A self to, to contend with. But again, I think it was absolutely what needed to happen. It really taught me how to be flexible and how to flow. And we ended up having a completely different trip that we wouldn't have had if we went with the plan. And the trip was absolutely magical. Um, we got to see so many people and just go to different places, kind of like letting the wind uh, take us where we wanted to go, as opposed to my plan that I had created. I love that. That's amazing. So when traveling, do y'all prefer to travel alone or with a group? With a group. 
Um, I like solo travel. Solo travel is very, very serene to me. Yeah, I'm a solo travel person. Thanks, Kayla. I'm with a group. I, I don't really like traveling alone uh, with a partner or with a group. Um, mm -hmm. I think that it just is more rich when you're with another person to be able to share those experiences with. But I also understand the benefits of solo travel. I think Ryan met so many more people on his year around the broad, uh, year around the world because he did that. Um, you, yeah. know, you know, that's funny that she says that if I may bring something up. So sure. before I left for my year around the world, you know, my parents were worried, concerned, uh, even though my mom supported me, I think she was still a little concerned just about normal things parents worry about with their child. Well, after I wrote and published the book about my year around the world and she read it, she actually came to me afterwards and said, Ryan, you going and traveling the world alone, solo, was the best thing you could have ever done. Because like Kayla said, you met people and had experiences with people that you wouldn't have been able to have if you were with the big group. And she's absolutely right. Um, I think I think I was more approachable as a solo traveler, uh, less intimidating to approach a single person versus a group. And so even my mom recognizing that was pretty, pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Because I think about it for myself, like, do I want to do it in a group session or do I want to feel more accomplished and do it solo? So I think that I like the idea of solo because you are more approachable. So people will talk to you more and then you are basically in charge of your own itineraries. Yeah, definitely. And what I did to break up that monotony or isolation was every quarter or so I would have a friend or family member come visit. So I was solo for 80, 85% of the time. And then a friend or family member would come visit on their vacation. And that would give me that much needed little break from my isolation spend time with them, go back on my own. It was a nice way to change things up. Yeah, yeah. And, and I like to add, when you travel solo, you're not really like alone. Yeah. Um, especially when you travel like we have, because when you're in a hostel, you're in a room with a bunch of people who are solo travelers also. And it's like, hey, what do you want to do? Um, I don't know, let's go, let's go here. Uh, let's go to get some lunch. Uh, whereas if you're in a group, you have to worry about, not only yourself, but you have to worry about the next person also. It's like, hey, what do you want to eat? Um, how much money does this person have? Because that's a that's an issue I have when like traveling in groups. Like sometimes, like I like to eat local foods. You know, it's good and it's cheap. But you know, people want to go to these fancy restaurants, and I'm like, dude, I'm sitting in a hostel. <laughs> do I want to eat at a fancy place? Yep. No, that's a good point. That's a good point, Mike. But you you always have to worry about like other people, like um can this person like walk, you know, 10 kilometers or 10 miles without getting tired? So, <laughs> yeah. Like that. yeah. Kayla, do you have anything to say about that? Real time for someone to stay, to really experience a place fully. Like what would be ideal for someone who really just wants to immerse themselves in as far as staying in one spot and really experiencing the culture. Go. I want to say 
based on my experience here in Mexico and specifically Sayulita, we really developed this um, this recognition of how special this place was after I would say probably a year. One year really gave us a chance to see all of the seasons of the small town, all the celebrations they have on a yearly basis. And it's one year I felt like was able to give us this opportunity to really dig deep and have some really special experiences. Nice. Mike? Okay, um, if we're talking just like, you just take vacation out of it, um, I would say about four or five months. Okay. Because like if it's like a like two weeks, yeah, you can go to a country for two weeks and um, I guess, but if, but if it's a vacation, it's gonna come so fast. And you, you're always like thinking about, oh man, like, um, like this vacation is gonna end. Whereas like when you know you're gonna be there, you try to, you, you find stuff to do. Um, like you go to the bars or you go to the restaurants, you go to the museums or the parks to chill. Um, it's just a slow travel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Kayla? Is it ever too late to travel in life? Is it ever too late? Mike? I'd say absolutely not. Um, it's, it's never too late to do anything that you think about doing or dream about doing. If you, if you want to do something, do it. Like, and I tell everybody like what determines whether or not like you do something is how, how um, much you want to do it. Like if the stronger the desire, the more you, you want to, you're going to, you're going to find a way to do it. So if traveling is something you always wanted to do, do it. Like my mom, like she was in her fifties when she uh, first traveled. And, you know, since then, that was to visit me when I was in Japan. And since then, like she's, traveled to Costa Rica, the Bahamas, because she fell like in love with it. It was something she always wanted to do. And when she did it, she's like, damn, how come I didn't, um, why, did, why didn't I do this earlier? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mike's, Mike's spot on. It's never too late. I mean, is it easier when you're younger, freer? Yes. Does it get harder the older you get? Yes. But it's never too late. I mean, I met a 75-year-old retired postal service worker from America who was staying in a hostel in New Delhi, India. And, you know, he just said he needed to see the world. And he, he didn't have a lot of money, but he had saved enough where he wanted to see as much as he could. And it was never too late. And so, like a 75-year-old man staying in a hostel, like, can, can you imagine? But, like, you can do it. It's never too late. If you truly want it, you can do it. I and like that you said that because a lot of people, my own mother is an example of this. Any milestone age that she hit, it was too late for her. So she would pack away her dreams slowly yeah. because it was too late. Yep. And so to hear that you can do just about anything at any age is should be inspiring to those that are, are thinking about traveling. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In your opinion, how important is it to discover other cultures and traditions? I think it is extremely important um, 
because there's there's so there's so much like when you say culture there's so much within a culture um like for example just language for example and like learning a language when you learn a language you you gain insight to how other people think mm-hmm. in a way how they see the world um and i've only only speak spanish um but just learning spanish like the, the way things um well one like even the translation like um like the way things translate some some things are are different but also communication you know when you learn a different language you're able to communicate with people and get to know them and understand who they are and um just things about them and um like their culture as a whole mm-hmm. agreed right yeah i i think it is one of the most imperative and important things we can do for ourselves and for me it was the greatest gift i've ever given to myself and you know we we all every human in the world has biases and preconceptions and false ideas about other people in other parts of the world but when you start traveling and shattering those biases and preconceptions and seeing how other people live it really is powerful and really fosters this compassion that you or at least i didn't have previously and i know travel isn't the only way to get that and see that you know we all come to conclusions in different ways but for me travel was just ultimate activator of all of this i just believe it is so important especially for americans because you know yes there are people struggling in america but on a whole america is some of the most privileged richest people on this planet and so we've got to just realize the world is so much bigger than the 300 plus million people living in america and realize there's eight billion other people in the world you know it's it's mm-hmm. not only the United States of America. So it's getting out of that bubble, the American bubble, as I like to call it, is really powerful and really important, in my opinion. Yeah, and like earlier we were talking about the misconceptions that um, like Americans have of other countries and their culture and the misconceptions that people have of Americans. Like when you travel and you, you know, talk to people, you have the opportunity to share cultures and explain like how like it really is and like what we value and mm-hmm. what they value. And that's important because that helps to, um, it helps to like get rid of some of those biases that everyone mm-hmm. has. Yeah. And I feel like that helps to unify us. If we can gain understanding and see why some things that we may not experience in our own lives, people do or don't do or whatever participate in by seeing it in their homes. So what is your advice to someone toying with the idea to see the world? What do you say if someone is sitting at home, they're like, eh, maybe I want to go travel around. What is your advice to them? um, I would ask them, is it something you really want to do? Uh, Because that's going to be the determinant the factor of whether they they do it or not and if it's something that they they really want um then like i would say all right pick some some people they want to go to a certain place um like they want to go to france or they want to go to spain but me personally like i really don't care like when i first started and even now i really don't care where i go it's like can i afford it all right i'll go there 
Um, but if a person, if they're really set on where they want to go, um, then they have to plan. You have to plan for that. And I would tell them to save. You have to be, that's, that's an important thing. I think that, you know, people like us, like who travel a lot, they are financially, um, they have, they're financially like smart. Or I don't, I can't think of the word, um, but you have to be financially smart um, and not waste resources, but want, like save up for what you want and just go for it. Like if you want to, a, a two week vacation, save for that. If you want to be in a country an extended period of time, um, find out what you can do. Like uh, online, there are plenty of resources. And I don't remember there being like so many resources available. Like when I was, um, when I was trying to travel, uh, but like now there's so much out there and there are people who are, there's always someone doing what you want to do. And now with social media, you can easily reach out to those people and ask them, Hey, how did you do this? Can you help me? Yeah. And that's how Brian and I connected. It was through, like we both were travel writers and we connected and um, like, we've been very supportive and like helping like one another and the, the journey as an Arthur. Yeah. That's how I know you through Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. And if someone came to me and said, I want to see the world, I would applaud them. I would be their biggest cheerleader, their biggest champion. And then I would also say, you know, I think you need to go where you want to go, see what you want to see. Every place is important and holds value, but I would encourage that person to be willing to go somewhere that challenges you. Be willing to go somewhere where they don't speak the same language as you. Be willing to go somewhere where they look and act very differently than what you're used to. That's where I think the gifts really lie. Standing in line at the Louvre, seeing, going to an all-inclusive resort in Mexico, Fine, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not going to learn a lot about yourself going to the popular places, the easy English-speaking developed places. Where you learn the most about yourself is where you go somewhere, somewhere that is the most polarizing to what you're used to. So that's what I would say. Be willing to go somewhere that challenges you, that you may never have heard of, and that you're open to that. I love that. I love that. So where do y'all go from here? What is on the schedule of life for the two of you? You can take this one. <laughs> oh man, I, I wish I had an answer for you. I, I think that's something- I love that you don't. <laughs> I, I think that's what travel has taught me is to be open to just going with the flow and not stressing over every little thing. Do I still have stresses and worries? Absolutely. But I'm, I'm just like Micah said, I'm less materialistic. I'm less needy about, you know, I don't need the latest and greatest thing. So I don't have an answer right now. I, I published my book uh, about 10 and a half months ago. I don't know the next step. And you know what? I'm okay with that right now. I'm just kind of figuring out what I'm going to do next. Do I start looking for work again? Do I write another book? Do I do both? Maybe I find another job and, and write the second book. So right now I don't have an answer, but if travel has taught me anything, it's to be willing and open to the unknown. I like that. Mike? 
Um, I don't know, I'm trying to get to a position like Ryan, like where, you know, I can, you know, be in a certain, you know, country, um, you know, just, you know, have a place and just not have to worry like about much, you know, I can go outside and pick a mango from the tree and like eat it. Um, yeah. That's, that's why I really, I really admire um, Karina. Like, I love what she's doing. She's young. And yes. She's you y'all i'm gonna have her um record a little sound bite on where to find her i'm gonna tell you what i wish i would have known girls like her when i was a single mom because i would have experienced more in my life instead of limiting listening to those limitations yep. listening to the oh well you have kids you're a mom you can't do that stuff she has completely turned that stigma on its head and she has thousands of followers that I hope she's inspiring to do the same thing. And y'all too, Ryan, your book, I am like eating it a little at a time and then sitting there savoring each little piece because you describe the places that you've gone and your experiences in such a way that you really do pull someone in. All I need to now do is go look at those places. Mike, I need to buy your book. I want a signed copy. Yeah, I, was, I, was, yeah, I was cool. gonna say, I sent you a message. I don't know if you got it, but um, send me your address and I'll send you a signed copy of it. Okay, all right. And then I'm gonna read yours and I'm gonna scream about it online because in my opinion, if we're sitting here just waiting to expire, that's not life, that's not living. And that's what this episode is about, is explaining to people from different points of view of how can you get out there and live a more fulfilled life and maybe not have a plan and be okay with that. Yep. And just go and experience because yeah. it's a huge growing process. I can't wait to get to where Ryan is as well. <laughs> I wanna live abroad. I wanna work remotely. I wanna be able to go and experience and do all those things. I can't wait. So where, can folks, first of all, let's start with, talk about your books. If you have the copy next to you that you wanna show it, let's talk about it. What's in it? What's it about? Where can you find it? I love it. Ryan, I was gonna bring yours. Did you bring yours? Uh, yeah, I got mine right here. Good. Good. So Mike, let's yeah, talk about if, yours if, first. If you didn't have yours, I was gonna run to my room and then you'd see my bookmark. <laughs> I've got mine too. So awesome. Mike, you go first. Okay. So life travel and the people in between. Uh, you can get it on any uh, major retailer, um, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, like anywhere online that sells books, you can get it from there. Um, but my book, it's about travel, it's about life travel and just people I met along the way. And um, it's funny because when I published it, I didn't think anybody would read it, but people are ordering it, reading it, and it's been well received. And I think that's because, like, even if a person, um, you know, really doesn't like to travel, it's just about, you know, following your passion. And, you know, when you do that, you know, just life, there's a bunch of stuff in life that, you know, comes up, obstacles, and you know, no matter what those obstacles are, just keep moving forward. And that's what my book is. It's, you know, I had plans, plans didn't work out. So I did something else. And, you know, a lot of people I met along the way, like they they helped me through it. You know, people like Ryan, people like you, Nicole, 
And if I write another book, you're definitely going to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I need to say the best part about Mike's book is how he starts it with him working behind the front desk of a hotel and he brings it home so powerfully with what he would tell his past self now that he has seen the world. And it was just really special. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you. Yeah. Ryan, you want to talk about your book? Yeah. So Ravel Roads. Uh, I love, I love the cover. The cover was hard, but it came out really well. Um, gravel is a play on words of grief and travel. So I dive deep into my decisions of why I even started traveling. And it had to do with, with some grief and with some depression and how I was able to overcome that using the power of travel and the power of transformation that comes from traveling. And then, uh, the most, uh, the, the, what am I trying to say? The meat and potatoes of the book is similar to Mike's in terms of just the experiences I had abroad with the people and how it changed my perspectives, how it changed how I viewed myself. And so a lot, a lot of the book focuses on these really cool stories of humanity and just other people. And it similar to Mike, it can be found on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, Apple, Kobo, all the major retailers. So, um, yeah. If, if you're into travel and the power of transformation, both books would be exceptional to, to give a shot. Yeah. And what I like most about Ryan's book is how like personal it is and how, because I think like everybody feels like the way that like you felt like even not like when I was reading, like, it, like when you write a book, like it's a personal book. And I was like, oh man, I don't want to share like this. But when I read like Ryan's book, like it's, it's like, damn, like I felt like this. Um, so it's, it, it was good seeing someone like, share that and people you connect to that. And that's what makes it like really powerful. Um, yes. Yeah, so and like the places you've been, like he, like you said, Nicole, like he really describes it and it really, it's really engaging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're almost and, there. Yeah, And, and, and it's, it's like, it's, it's real, you know, it's not like some, you know, Instagram picture or that you want you want to capture like the best moment you know he talks about like the nitty-gritty of like just travel um about like how you know um I don't want to uh, tell I don't want to give you a book away but I think you talked about like um like his his friend he passes he passes away like one of his best friends and you know so what leads him like to travel um mm -hmm. but you know people like they experience like hardships but they don't know where to go from there. And Ryan, he just took the opportunity. He, he took that as, um, I guess, inspiration to travel. Yeah. I, I appreciate that, man. And I think when I committed to the project, I told myself, I said, if I'm going to do this and see this book through, I am going to be brutally honest and brutally authentic. And I think that's the one one of the biggest things I've had people reach out to me about is just, man, this was a real book. Like mm -hmm. in terms of you were just real and honest and authentic and you don't see that a lot these days. So thank you mm -hmm. for sharing that, Mike. Yeah. And, and it's scary when you, you're putting something like that out because you're like, oh man, like people are going to know all my business. They're going to judge me. Oh, but, yeah. It know, was terrifying. <laughs> Terrifying. I'm, I, I'm still, I think, in a little bit of a vulnerability hangover, but I've been coming through that and out of that over the past few months. But the first six months or so, there is a real, very real vulnerability hangover. But I think people appreciate that because that's what they connect to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, 100%. I can tell you that it feels very real, authentic and achievable to the reader. Like living through your book experiences, I'm going through it. I'm like, wow, it is something that I can achieve. Because sometimes I think that when we think about traveling the world and doing all these big things, those are pipe dreams. Those are those things of meh, maybe if I won the lottery or if I had a bunch of money or, but it's really attainable coming from your perspective. It really is attainable. And, and it doesn't have to be a year, you know, like what I did was extreme. It can be a month. It can be three months. It can be six months. Like you get to choose. And so I think what I would like to encourage people to think about is stop saying one day, one day, one day, and instead flip that around and get to the point where you're at day one, mm -hmm. starting your new journey, starting this epic adventure so flip from one day to day one mm -hmm. you know it's mm -hmm. crazy like um like my friend rachel like she read your book and she said that like when i talked to her and um like she said one thing she really loved about it is how you actually share like how much um like you spent like uh, your budget oh, and everything yep. and, yeah and at the, at the very end when i listed out yeah yeah and to be honest with you i thought it was going to be more expensive than that <laughs> I won't ruin the number for Nicole, but yeah, I've had a lot of people reach out too and say, wow, you shared the stats at the end. That was so cool. I can't believe you only spent that much. Like, wow. Yeah, because I thought it was double that. And like, it was crazy. It's, you go online and you Google, like, how much is it to travel the world? And they're like, oh, $50,000, like $100,000. But um, you mentioned it earlier, like, um, like you were smart with money, um, like you were able to budget. And you you did certain things um, where you were able to like save staying at hostels, but also you were able to splurge and actually like enjoy your travels later. Yeah, you know, th that's a good point. And my con or my theory on the road that I was trying to remember throughout my year around the world was save where I can so I can spend where I want. And so if I needed to get cheap hostels, needed to cook my own food, needed to take buses. I did as much as I could to save. So when the opportunities arose to take a helicopter ride or scuba dive in the Red Sea of Jordan, I didn't even have to think twice. I just said, yes, let's do it. Nice. I love that. I love that. Well, I hope more people hear this episode and they're more inclined to put it into action instead of just sitting on the couch saying, I wish, I wish, I wish. One day. Yes, or one day. Day one, day one. Day one. <laughs> get on day one because honestly every time i read about an adventure that you're on in the book ryan i'm like what where was this mindset how come no one was telling me that you could just just do it <laughs> you know what i mean you don't think about that unless you meet somebody who is actually doing it and saying this is all i did I yeah, and you know, I didn't meet a lot of long-term American travelers abroad. You know, Americans don't travel very well, to be honest with you. And so when I was going abroad and seeing other Australians, other Brits, other Canadians, I was like, wow, okay, there is a lot of Israelis. Like there's a whole community of people doing this, but there's not a lot of Americans doing it. So Mike and I are definitely some of the, the anomalies. Yeah, and I, and I think what's, what's cool is like, when you read our books, like it makes travel feel more realistic. Like I think, well, 
I think both of us are pretty extreme in like the things we've like done, like to travel, but also they're realistic, um, you know, affordable. I think like anybody can do like what we've done. And I think we're more of like off the grid type of travelers, but also like, cause I haven't seen a lot of Americans either. Um, and I know like my mom, like she went to like the resort, but for her, like it was her, like I think her third time traveling, like just going to a resort and not staying at, you know, like some, like, I don't, can't even think of a hotel name, but like staying at like a different country and just seeing the water. Like she was like, oh my God, like the water was so beautiful at the resort. Just, you know, we're from Virginia, we have an ocean, but it's not as blue. You can't look and see fish. And that was just like, for her, that was being out of her comfort zone. And I think like a lot of Americans, um, they, for them just, you know, going to a resort and seeing that blue water, um, the clear water is like enough for them. And yeah. I'm not knocking that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. So do you have anything to add guys? Any final thoughts that you want to share? What did I not cover? Oh, where to find us. Oh, where to find you. Yes. Uh, you can I was like, did I say that already? I'm so Thank you, Mike. So Where can I, people find you? I usually only hang out on Facebook and Instagram. Those are my two main places I hang out. You can find me under my name, Ryan Crane, C-R-A-I-N. And those are the two places I like to hang out at. Awesome. Uh, I think the easier place to find me uh, is Instagram. And my Instagram is bro go travel. That's B-R-O-G-O-T-R-A-V-E-L. Um, you can find me there and my email address is there. So if you want to contact me, just click the message and my email will come up and you can get a hold of me that way. I love it. Y'all, thank you for having this conversation with me. And thank you for sharing your books and just sharing your friendship. I really appreciate it. Yes. Show those books. Yes. The covers are similar. <laughs> I know. I, I saw his cover when I was about to, because I bought the book without having met him first. Because I, I saw it. I go, man, I love that cover. And then I look closer. I was like, man, very similar to mine. So yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Like our books came out this around the same time, and like similar cover. And if you read it, like just similar experiences. Yep. Um, like it's crazy. Like, you know, I could have wrote his book, and he could have wrote my book. Yeah. <laughs> So that's my suggestion to a buyer, go into amazon.com and grab both. Yeah. Grab them both. Uh, oh, yes. That's a great idea, Nicole. Yes. Yeah. And then message us both and leave reviews for both. Absolutely. 100%. All right, guys, I'm not going to keep you much longer. Thank you so much. Thank you. Don't forget to send me your address and I'll send you a signed copy of the book. That is, yes, I'm going to do that as soon as we get off of here. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Nicole. Good seeing you again, Ryan. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me, and I'm sorry for cutting it short. If you guys want to follow my TikTok account, you can find me at KarinaB44, K-A-R-I-N-A-B-E-E-44, and that way you can follow along with our travel journey and see what we're up to next. Thank you for spending time listening to our conversation. If you enjoyed this and other episodes, please subscribe, like, and share so we can reach more listeners with our powerful messages. And stay tuned to hear about our affiliates and recommendations. They change from episode to episode.